You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning to one and all. And that, of course, includes Charlie Dobbin. Who Who's frantically... Yeah, I know. Going, Where's my coffee? Where's my water? I've got all my liquids. The last liquids 10 seconds lined up. before we open the mic, you're scurrying around moving <laughs> coffee cups. And Lord love us. I'm so calm. I think it has yes. something to do with uh, us talking about the immediate switch from summer into fall. And I had a darn good indication of that this morning on the on the drive up or You're amazing. down from yes. the Newmarket area. Yeah. It's, you, did you get snow up there this morning or no? No. 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 Oh, but, but it was cold enough that I actually considered <laughs> turning on the seat warmers in now, the car. You know? I right away <laughs> said, I turned mine on without even considering it. You know, <laughs> it was like, of no, course I I'm thought, putting hey, on the seat warmers. come on. Warmers. I'm Canadian A. I'm tough. I can get through this, so I came in with don't a pull bum. You know? <laughs> don't be so tough. <laughs> Warm up that butt when you can. Right. That's my theory. That's anyway. your theory. Okay. Yep. Hey, we got to get the phone numbers on sure. the air here. Uh, let's see. In Toronto, mm-hmm. give this number a call, folks, to get to Charlie Dobbin here in Her Garden Show. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. There you go. Oh, there you go. and our little uh, mantra, oh, yeah. call early, call often, one question per call. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, we always love having first-time callers, uh, by all means, let Sebastian know. He'll tell Tell me, and then just before you get to the airways, hey, there you go. You get your your wings. wings. Yeah. Very special. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Okie doke, few little uh, bits of homework here, things to clean up, uh, what's going on. Yeah. Lots going on, actually. There's nothing about the autumn. Oh, and I just realized something. Mm, I just remembered another one. Okay, so this Monday, yes, it is this Monday, October the 1st, the Agent Court Garden Club will be meeting, 8 o'clock, Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Guest speaker is Gloria Brocks on South African Travels. And I neglected to write this down, though it is written in my daytimer, so I'm just going to reach uh-huh. for that. <laughs> Same night, Monday, October the 1st, I am at the Linden Horticultural Society. So that's why, you know, silly me. Uh, and Garden Club, there will be a... a There's three societies coming together to Mm -hmm. present me on Monday, October the 1st. And I'll be speaking about gardening with less water and uh, emphasis on zero escaping and what's now called fusion gardening. So that it's designing the garden for uh, maximizing what Mother Nature provides um, and, you know, just being sensible and proactive with garden design and choices of plants in oh, the garden. Okay. So that's that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. The Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society general meeting is on October the second, so that's Tuesday, seven thirty PM mm-hmm. at the McConaughey Senior Center, which is at ten one hundred Young Street in Richmond Hill. The guest speaker is Lorraine Johnson with her topic 
edible native plants, City Farmer. Uh, as you might remember, Lorraine Johnson's been on the show. She will be focusing on native plants that are both beautiful and delicious, providing food for us as well as for local wildlife like birds and mm-hmm. insect pollinators. This is the time of year where there are a lot of shows at the, at the Hort Society meeting. So mm-hmm. Richmond Hill is hosting a flower show entitled Harvest. This will include specimens of flowering and edible plants growing at this time of year, potted plants and special designs. Because like this is it. This is the bringing in the yeah. harvest. The things are at their peak. Zucchinis are at their largest. You know what I mean? Oh, Dahlias. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's going. You know, beautiful. So, a lot of beautiful shows going on. So, get out to Hort Society if you want to sell mm-hmm. some eye candy. Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is hosting a meeting on Wednesday, October third. So, all this next week. Yeah. It's of course open to everyone. It's free. Uh, Subject is Cacti, Succulents, and Other Green Things by expert Ian McCallum. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Refreshments are included. Guests are welcome. Scarborough Village Recreation Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Uh, and I just want to tell you, I, this past week, attended a super interesting talk at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. It was on the subject of uh, berries, edible berries, Native edible berries, mm-hmm. so not just the regular, you know, strawberries and raspberries, but but all kind, you know, Logan berries and salmon berries. And the woman who is presenting <clears throat> is from Victoria. She's a um, professor at UVic, and that's been her passion: is learning about all the native berries used by First Nations people oh. for thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so she has spent her entire lifetime, you know, last forty years, spending time out in the bush, picking berries, learning the old stories of how these fruits were used, and learning like recipes and stuff. So yeah. uh, so she did a really interesting presentation. I, I just wanted to share that that was fun and interesting and educational. And while I was at TBG, I'm not sure if you know, but they've been hosting sculpture in the gardens from Zimbabwe. Oh, no. Um, yeah. yeah, so preeminent Zimbabwean sculptors have been on-site sculpting in the gardens. So there's some incredible statuary. Been there since the beginning of August, oh. and I neglected to make a big deal about it. But then once I saw it, I thought, I better Whoa. tell everybody, because yeah. this is the last weekend. Okay. So if you have any chance of getting out to Toronto Botanical Gardens, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. Get out there. The The, the flowers look better mm-hmm. with the statuary, and the statuary looks better with the flowers. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. So worth, neat, worth getting to. Neat little tip for the weekend for yeah. activities there. Okay. We have to take a break right now. Okay. And uh, we'll be along to talk to, well, we've got the callers jamming the lines as a matter of fact mike online first from kitchener we'll be to you mike in just moments don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio all righty charlie to the lines we go and there's mike in kitchener good morning mike good morning how are you this morning great good morning uh, my question is about fall fertilizer should i put it on now or wait for a week or two uh for the lawn you mean Yeah. Oh, today's a perfect day. You know why? We've got rain coming, and it's always best to apply fertilizer to lawns, gardens of any kind when rain is forecast, because that will, of course, help dissolve the fertilizer and send it down to the roots, where it will either be used now or saved for next spring. 
Oh, now is the right time to put it on. Absolutely. Okay, thanks very much. You're there very you go. Welcome. Your weekend's taken care of. Yeah, everybody <laughs> should have that on their to-do list. Is fall fertilize your lawn this weekend if you Charlie can. has just arranged some work for Mike. Okay. Oh, hey, here from uh, Newmarket, Ontario. Yay. First time caller welcome. is Bill. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Frank. First time caller. Welcome. Great. Yeah. Charlie, what a fantastic pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for calling. I've got a couple of hibiscus plants that thrived all summer. They're about two feet tall, mm-hmm. separate pots, the best soil I could get. Mm-hmm. They bloom beautifully. One's brilliant yellow, the other's brilliant red. Mm-hmm. I fertilize them every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then we'll give them a good watering. And as I say, they just bloom miraculously all summer long. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm bringing them in now inside for the winter. Yep. Any advice or tips? Uh, you know what I would do for starters is you've probably had them outside in a fairly sunny location on your deck or patio. Yes, correct. So in preparation for coming indoors, I always like to move the plants, the tropical plants that have been in full sun, into some shade, keeping them outside, but lowering the light levels outside for about a week before I bring them in, Try just trying to minimize that shock that they're going to experience when they come indoors. Even if you put them in your sunniest window, you know, a southern sunroom, whatever, it's still lower light levels indoors than outdoors just by virtue of the high-tech glass, etc., that we have in our windows, glazing. So I like to start by lowering the light levels outdoors, and then the day I'm going to bring them in, I just do a real thorough wash. It's a soap and water bath and rinse and drain and then inside. Okay, and minimum temperature would be about what inside, Chuck? Oh, right. They're happy in regular room temperatures. Um, hibiscus are pretty easy to, to, to keep in the home. Light okay. being your one, you know, got to make sure you put them in a really bright spot. The brighter, the better. Inside. And not water them too often. Exactly. Let them go right. You, hibiscus have dark green, semi-shiny leaves. And what I do is I leave the plant and don't water until one day... The shine is gone. One day, the, the leaves look dull, and that's the day you water. Oh. And if you leave them another sort of half a day from that point, then they'll start to actually droop. And you will um, lose flower buds that you don't want to lose, so try to not take it to, to, you know, to the, such a point of desiccation that the, the buds drop. But yeah, water, when required, water thoroughly. So real good watering, uh, but only when required. So it might be every week, might be every 10 days, just kind of depends on your temperatures. Right, and they will bloom all winter inside, will they? They will, if you can give them enough light. Oh, okay. Wow. All right, so if you, you know, if you don't have enough natural light coming in, consider a grow light or something like that. I see, yeah. No, that's a good tip. Thanks very much. And you're, you're welcome, and Frank, when Charlie and I get married, maybe you could play Dragnet at the wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is my friend Bill who listens to Theater of the Mind. Loves Dragnet. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the show here. Matter of fact, we have to take another little break here. Uh, <clears throat> but, boy, we're traveling around the countryside. Mm. Next next in our tour mm. this morning, uh, we'll be going to Alliston. What a pretty town. Yes, Alliston. It mm. is. You're right. Rick's on the line, and we'll be to you momentarily, Rick, here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Well, Charlie, on this bright and shiny Saturday morning, let's give a welcome to Rick here from Alliston. Good morning, Rick. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, Frank. Uh, hi, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, my question is, is it safe to put limestone around shrubs and uh, trees? What kind of right. limestone? It's, pardon? What kind of limestone are we talking? pebbly type, uh, it's sort of like decorative uh, white. Uh, oh, so it's um, like the lime, um, crushed lime? Yeah. Same stuff. Uh, you know, for decorative purposes, uh, I, I have some left over. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, potentially. I mean, lime is typically used... Okay, so what happens when limestone gets wet mm-hmm. is it tends to become almost like concrete, uh, and it doesn't drain through very well. So if I was putting lime... And I actually, I've had the same thing where I left over lime, and I used it down a pathway where there were no plants, because mm-hmm. two reasons. One, I didn't... Lime will change the pH of the soil. Oh, well. It will raise it. So um, there are... Generally speaking, our the p- natural pH of our n- native soils is is very close to neutral. It's six point seven ish, depending on how much lime you are putting in, putting out. You are going to minimally raise the pH, but it could have a detrimental effect on the plants. So, if, whatever you do, don't put lime anywhere near acid loving plants, rhododendrons, hydrangeas. Oh, because that was one of. I have a climbing hydrangea. A climbing hydrangea? Mm, yeah, I, I'd be a little hesitant because they're going to be happier without the lime rather than with the lime. Just wondering where you could do... Uh, the other one was a Chinese lilac tree. Yeah, the lilac probably wouldn't mind the lime. Oh? Um, so how much, How thick are we talking here? A quarter uh, of an inch? Half an inch? Probably like a, um, like it's along the uh, south-facing wall. You don't get much sun. So, right. uh Nothing really grows there, uh, per se. Uh, oh, okay, so you're... Like, the, like even the hydrangea that hasn't flowered this year. I just planted it last year, but right. it's growing beautifully, like uh, lots of green and, and growth on it, but no flowers. And I just sort of want to know, like it's more like a, my wife uh, suggested uh, for like a de- decorative mm. purpose, because I have mulch all around. Uh, right. So, so we're talking sort of right up against the foundation of the house, yeah. under the eaves where the, no, there's no rain or anything like that? Exactly. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, and it's not the south side of the house, it's the north side, right? It's the south side. Oh, um, okay, I'm surprised you're not getting much, you said where nothing grows or there's well, not much light. Well, the reason, I've uh, got three different levels of uh, hills property uh, and there's uh, large trees that uh, sort of shade block. it. Uh, okay, that's yeah. It doesn't get much sun. Yes, I mean, if nothing's really growing there, yes, I mean, it can be decorative when you first put it out. It's a very light color, so it reflects light, mm-hmm. and uh, so it can be attractive that way. Do not have it actually touch the stems of any plants. Just put it in and keep it well, you know, back from actually touching, which is the same thing uh, technique we use with mulch, the bark mulch, etc. Should never actually touch the stems of any plants. Okay, so I'm looking at probably putting about uh, maybe three or four inches of. Uh of it on top. Is that too much? Um, well, like I said, you are going to find that it's going to affect your pH. It may be detrimental to some of the plants. So I'd be a little hesitant to put that deep of a, of a uh, quantity, um, all in, unless there's absolutely nothing growing there. I mean, if it's in a spot where there's nothing growing, no, no worries. Grow. Like, there's certain but, things that do grow, like certain yeah. flowers uh, that she has planted there, but yeah. uh, it's mm. not, uh, it doesn't receive a lot of sunshine. Right. Yeah, well, or even moisture, so it'll sit as a dry thing. Well, 
you know, hard to say. Like I said, it's uh, it's the crushed lime, just like any lime, will raise your pH. And you know what might be interesting if you want to try this is get your get a hold of just a simple pH test kit, soil test kit from Canadian Tire or any of you know local garden center. Take a soil test now before you add the lime. <clears throat> Put the lime on, and then next spring, do another soil test and see what the <clears throat> what the effect has been. Okay, Rick. You say it won't get any moisture? Uh, no, I'm just wondering, if, if rain is falling on it and snow is falling on the lime, yes. it will start to become soluble, right? That's what happens. Yes. So it will get into the soil and it will start affecting the pH. So it might just be interesting to, to do a pH test before and after, and it will be a slow process. Eventually that lime will disappear. Okay, but it okay. won't kill them. It shouldn't. And don't put it up close to the... Uh, Correct. Okay. Okay. Right. Good luck, Rick. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Always uh, intrigues me the number of variable uh, answers that you have to come up with in any given show. My God. I know. How much crushed lime do you want to put on that? Well, you know what? I remember uh, this is way back in my White Rose days. So it was a guy who had a a wood shop as a hobby. And he had tons and tons of sawdust. And he was like, what should I do with all this sawdust? So we were talking about putting it on the garden or on the compost and all these various things. So he did end up going out into some area of his garden and putting a very large quantity of sawdust onto the surface of the soil. And he totally regretted it because it was such a large quantity. Same thing, three or four mm-hmm. inches had such a big impact on the fertility and change the, the whole basic makeup. The, the, of that exactly. Area. The chemistry, the biochemistry yeah. of the soil that he was like, oh, now I have to try and undo what I've done. And it was like, that could take a few years. So for Rick, it's kind of a cautionary note, yeah, I guess, just, from Charlie there. Huh? Just be Alrighty. careful what you do. There's just <laughs> yeah. a mess. Soil amendments can be great, but just be careful of your quantities. Right. Mississauga, there's where Valerie is calling in from. Hello, Valerie. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank Good. and Charlie. Good morning. The lady with the book of knowledge. Um, I'd like to know when's the best time to uh, tr- trim mm. lower branches of a maple tree. So like a fairly young tree where the branches oh. are hitting you in the face when you're mowing the lawn? No, it's old. Oh, old. Okay. So lower branches would be very large branches? Yes. Um, normally maples are trimmed anywhere during the summer, right through till, uh, Christmas. So it's kind of, you've got a six month window that's towards the end of the growing season. Uh We don't usually trim maples early in the growing season because they bleed so badly because the sap, when it Mm -hmm. starts to run, just makes such a mess and it's hard on the trees. Okay. Um, But big branches like that, make sure you've, you've got a certified arborist doing that for you Mm -hmm. to make sure that the maples are better for this trimming and not hurt as a result. Okay, I thank you so much. You're very Thanks, welcome. Valerie. Great show. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for joining us here on uh, Zoomer Radio. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, Lindsay, Ontario. Old stomping ground of mine. Yeah, you there. know Lindsay. I do indeed. There's Doug. Good morning. Hi, Doug. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. A lovely sunny day up here. Yeah, here too. Yeah. Blue, blue sky. Um, I'm trying to kill a um, lilac tree. Okay, so who told you this was the killing show? This is supposed to be the garden <laughs> show. It's where we grow stuff. <laughs> I know. This one's uh, it's uh, been getting into the eaves, and I'm afraid it'll get into the uh, foundation, too. Uh, so too it's close to the house. Close to the house. So I've got it cut down to about three feet high now. And how big is the stump on this thing? Uh, they're no more than uh, three or four inches in diameter. Oh, okay, but there's lots of them. 
Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, now, I think... Hmm, hmm, hmm. There used to be something you could purchase in Ontario that was called Stump Remover. Yeah. I hmm. don't think you can buy it in Ontario any longer, but you can buy it online on Amazon and have it mailed to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It is potassium nitrate. Okay. And so it is a salt. Okay, or, or the other option is just use, and I've done this, to kill a vine that I had unfortunately planted against my house and I regretted it and it was very hard to kill. And I used um, road salt uh, over the roots and after I'd cut this thing down and it kept growing back from, from all this mm-hmm. energy in its roots, we just ended up putting a, a pile of road salt over top of the crown of the plant and it did a really good job of killing it but it does obviously affect the soil at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. So the killing of the lilac, if you wanted to kill it and then replant something soon but you likely wouldn't want to do that no. because it's so close to the house. No, I'll leave that open. So, and would you want to be putting lawn there, or is it? Would it be part of a just a garden, or is it? Yeah, I, would it really be open? Because it's just yeah, open. It part of my garden eventually. Yeah, you know what? To, I cut cut those stumps down as low as you can to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really to do this properly, drill some holes into those stumps, right into the center, just right. down, straight down, and then just table salt, road salt, any basic sodium chloride. Get that. Over now, you don't have to pile it on, you know, a foot high, but you know, we're talking uh, several handfuls around the plants, and just let it sit there and, that, and into those holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and into those holes, and that that will kill those plants. Yeah, okay. stop them from growing back because similar to my problem, you, there's energy in those roots, and you're just going to keep suckering, and the, it'll eventually die if you continue to remove the suckers. But it could take a couple of years. Yeah, and that could be really harmful to the foundation. Uh, yeah. you know, against the uh, the house. It's amazing how yep. often things are planted too close to the yeah. home. You know, trees that are going to mm-hmm. become huge, uh, you know, li- shrubs that become huge as well. Right. So, only about three feet tall when it went in. So. Of course, yeah, <laughs> but want it to be, you know, 30 feet tall if you'd let it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, good luck Thank. with that, Doug. Thanks very much. Thank, thanks for calling us and uh, having that chat with Charlie. Um, okay, Brampton. That's where we're going to bounce along to. And there's Alex. Good morning, Alex. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes we can. Okay, guys. Yeah, I have a tree, two, two tree roses, and I've been told you have to bury them for the winter. Is there a way to are overwinter they, tree roses? This is a great question. So these are, yeah, standard roses or roses that are on a straight stem with a beautiful rose up on top. Yeah, they've been grafted on top of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and are they in pots or in the ground? No, no, they're in the ground. And you, they were new this year? Yes. Okay. And, and are they've they, done well, and the other roses around have done well. The other ones I can handle, but... Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is a great question. You're going to have to try and visualize what I'm going to say here. So you've got the two roses. Hopefully you have spots on around both of them so that you can lay, you're going to literally lay those plants down into a trench below ground by severing half the roots on one side of the plant. So you've got it, you have to have an open area. So say these roses are four feet tall and you need to have an open area, a linear area, roughly four feet long coming off the the rose. So you dig a trench uh, uh, where that space is and the trench is only needs to be deep enough to just bury the head of the rose. So it might have to be as deep as a foot or a foot and a half 
depending. You can always trim back the roses before you do this. Then on the side opposite to where your trench is, you're going to sever roots. You're going to go in there with a sharp shovel. You're going to very cleanly chop roots. And when you do that, you can then literally fold the rose over, bend it down, drop it down into the trench, holding it in position. You're going to pile soil on top, and it's going to be buried for the winter. Ah, it's amazing. Okay, I understand it. Okay, you got it. Yeah. So, yeah? Does, does that clear? So that it, it is a bit of work, but it does work. It does work in well, the spring. I, I, I did that when I had three roses before, okay. and I, I kept them for about three years before they toast. They turned. Yeah, dry. yeah. Because I, I had removed the whole row zone because it was. Uh, I had to plant them in an area where I had. No. Okay. okay. I will. I, I understand. Thank yeah, you very and, much. And I mean, the only other option is if you don't have an ability to do this trenching thing is lift them and put them in pots. So you could even do that in the spring if you want like bury them for the winter, keep them potted. And then your overwintering might be a little simpler because maybe you have a shed or a unheated spot where you can provide some protection, but keep them dormant in above ground in pots. Yeah, might be easier in the long run, but good for you. Let us know how that works out. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I'll throw this in. My my Rosa Sharon's did the same. Lots of buds, but very few flowers. Oh, okay. I hate that. All right, Alex. Thank you. Right. Uh, you know what, Alex? Don't hesitate to threaten that plant. You just tell that plant it's got to shape up or ship out. I had a Rosa Sharon, and a guy gave it three seasons, and then it was that toast. Was it. Get yeah, out. Compost. Yeah, gone. And I think my neighbor actually took it and worked. Blooms like crazy for my neighbor. Didn't bloom for me. Okay. Uh, tons of phone calls coming in. We're get, going to get to the rest of the folks online, including Pat in Mississauga, but we do have to take a little bit of a break. Let me just remind uh, folks of the phone numbers quickly here in Toronto. Call 416-360-0740 and then anywhere in the province to reach Charlie, it's toll-free 1-866-740-4740 and we're back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. Off and running again. Here we go. Uh, Mississauga bound this time round. Hey, there's Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. How are you folks today? Excellent. Good. Last year, uh, my family had given me an amaryllis plant that was absolutely the most gorgeous thing, and I just enjoyed every Mm. minute of it. It had five luncheon plate-sized blooms Mm. on it. Mm. I've kept it going all year. It's been out on my balcony all summer. It's still out there. It now looks very healthy. It has nine huge big leaves on it now i'd like to start the process to get it to rebloom right what do i do okay so there's two ways to do this one is you can keep it growing of course you'll have to bring it in before it gets too cold and if it's a kind of a big unwieldy plant but you can keep it growing as an ongoing house plant and it will flower at unexpected times when you least expect it. Oh, wonderful. Or, or your other option, which is the more traditional option, is to stop watering it now uh-huh. and ensure it's not getting any rain or anything like that on it. And what will happen is those beautiful green leaves are going to start to turn yellow and eventually they're going to shrivel up. When that happens, you'll just cut them off. And at that point... or before, you're going to want to just put that plant into a place where you can forget about it. So no water, 
no light to speak of. It doesn't have to be cold or anything. It just needs to be kind of out of sight, out of mind for at least 10 weeks. Uh, it'll just, so it'll just be the, the bulb sitting in the pot, some little dark corner somewhere. Forget about it. 10 weeks later, bring it out onto that spot where you had it last year, sunny windowsill or whatever it was, and water once and wait and see what happens. It should, a flower, stem, or bud should emerge first. Uh, sometimes leaves will come out first, and sometimes you won't get any flowers at all that, that second year, and you'll just get a lot of leaves and do the same thing that you've done this year. But, you know, fingers crossed, you get flowers again in time for early winter, you know, beauty inside your home. Thank you. That's okay. great. I will, I'll decide which route I'm going to go and try it. Okay. Thank you. And Let- I just love your show. I look forward to Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. Oh, that's great. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you, Pat. Let us know how I can get on with that, okay? Okay. Yeah. Thank All you. All righty. Have a great day. Okay. And the same to yourself. Um, now, here's a guy who we, we know, uh, <laughs> certainly, uh, out there in beautiful Tilsonburg. That's Warner right. on the line. Hi, Warner. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie and Frank. What's going on at your place? I want to relocate my rhubarb. Okay. Is there any secrets to it, or just go ahead and dig a hole and take it up and put it in the other hole? <laughs> Pretty much, uh, <laughs> except never do that in the middle of summer. So Uh-oh. your timing is good. You could do it now, you could do it in the spring. But, uh, but yeah, just dig a hole, lift the rhubarb, try and maintain yeah. r- soil around the roots while you're doing the transfer across and yeah. back into a same depth or slightly above where it will settle into mm-hmm. where it was, you know, the right depth and yeah. uh, enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. That's good. Thanks I'm looking for... forward to that rhubarb pie. Yeah. Uh... All right, all right. You want the atlas? <laughs> yes. Uh, see. Did we were coming for yeah. tomatoes and rhubarb That's now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Werner. <laughs> right. Always a delight. Werner's always in a happy mood, isn't he? I know he is. Yeah. And, you know, we have all these people that talk about all these delicious, edible I things know. they're growing. I, we yeah. need to do, like, a, a, a food tour uh, to our listeners' Ooh. homes or something. I like, you, uh, Shirley and I were out to 19th Street... Uh, uh, market uh-huh. and it's so neat when you're in the countryside uh, and you go this time and, of year. Oh, it, the harvest as we were talking quite early mm. in the show just amazing oh, I wanted to buy every vegetable they had because they look it, so good yeah exactly yeah, you just want to take pictures and you know put them on Instagram or <laughs> that's something that's right um, but you know what speaking of yep. time of year I just want to share something that's going on this of course is the time of year and you probably saw this at the market were chrysanthemums mm-hmm. for sale the flowers that are sort of fall flowers we call them mums, but their real name is chrysanthemum. Today and tomorrow, the Hamilton District Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Show is on at the Royal Botanical Gardens. So this is a knock-your-socks-off beautiful show. Today from 1 to 5, tomorrow from 10 to 3. So this is in the atrium of the, oh. in Burlington, of course, the Royal Botanical Gardens. Uh, you pay to get into the gardens, and that gives you free access to the show. At the end tomorrow at 3 o'clock, all the blooms are auctioned off. Wow. So you have an opportunity to Get not some. only see them, but also take some home. So Sounds like just, a deal. Just a suggestion. All righty. Uh, in Burlington is Nancy, and she's with us next here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Hello, Nancy. Hello. Good morning. Uh, I, I, I am not a happy camper uh, like many of the others. Oh, okay. Um, Let's hear what's going on. I've got a problem that's invaded almost all of my gardens, and I have a lot, a, a lot of gardens, and that is mm. uh, what appear to be rogue roots. Mm. I don't. I, I mean, I do have trees, 
but uh, these roots just entwine, entwine themselves into the plant roots uh, and choke everything off. I can pull these roots off, um, but I, I have no way of knowing how to get these things wow. under control. And you're not sure where they've come from? No, I'm not. Hmm. Creeping Charlie? Hmm? <laughs> no, I, I wish it were Creeping Charlie. Yeah, At least yeah. I can recognize that. Yeah, exactly. So you see yeah. the roots, but you don't see anything above ground that no. stands out as not No, they just, they just travel underneath, yeah. and when I plant something, when I pull a plant out, these roots are... are intermingled with the plant mm. roots and, and they just see. choke them. Yeah, and wow. you can see there's a difference. And, so, and your yeah. plants are suffering as a result? You're seeing some oh, yes. detriment? Oh, yeah. Uh, Nancy, how large a property <laughs> do you have that we're talking here? Well, um, let's see. It's about uh, 70 by 120. Mm. And yeah. um, there are gardens all the mm. way around the property. Right. I, I'm just thinking of what I think you might suggest is if you have to kill off that whole mm. thing is the uh, blanketing uh, with black well, plastic. But, but if, I guess the be... bigger question is where these came from. Do you think, is, yeah. there, is there a neighbor on either side of you that might have planted something that is invaded under the fence or anything like that? Or no, They, they um, appear to have a much healthier um, response with their, with their plantings. Uh, no, I can't see anything mm. uh, that would um, be a, as a result of creeping. Hmm. Golly, That's it? a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, and it's just destroying my gardens. I what know. a son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel like, hmm, in your neighborhood, in the Burlington neighborhood, if you could get, you need somebody to come and try and do a, an identification on what's going on. I'm just trying to think who would be the best person to do that. I, I can take some of the roots because mm. as I'm pulling the plants out, uh, some of them to take in, mm. uh, you know, I can just take these roots and pull them off. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's wacky, eh? Hmm. Mm, Invading well, roots. Uh, I wonder if any of our listeners might have any idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There might be somebody listening now yeah. who, who could phone in with a tip. In the meantime, I would suggest taking some of those roots to Terra Greenhouses, Harper, some somewhere where there's <clears throat> smart, <clears throat> excuse me, smart people working who yeah. might be able to recognize what's going on and have a suggestion. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, without I can, seeing it, it's hard to. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to imagine. So, uh, yeah, I would take you know take a, even a few pictures of what's going on in your garden and then if you can take some of those roots in no, uh, I, can, I can get roots there's lots of them right, sounds there. like it yeah. Yeah. yeah and in the meantime let, hope maybe somebody will call with a suggestion and I'll see if I can do some homework at my end to okay, uh, see if great. I can come up with any suggestions as well Okay. Yeah, I, c- I can see why you're not a happy camper. I that's know. Oh, no, off the top. No, that's because a son everything of a is just being destroyed yeah, yeah mm. exactly well, hopefully Charlie can get to the root of the problem. If you've heard that. Oh, dear. Thanks, I'm Frank. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to cheer you up. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Nancy. You. Oh, right. gee Okay. Oh, uh, that's oh, a we, problem with the yeah, garden yeah. show. Sometimes you get those calls that are just the wah, yeah. wah, sad yeah. calls. <laughs> yeah, or dead. Oh, gee. <laughs> My plants are dying. <laughs> we, we have to. We're bumping up against another break here. Uh, so we're going to be able to squeeze more calls in. So let me repeat are the phone we? numbers. Yeah, I think so. Okay. 416 <laughs> Three six zero zero seven forty, as I blithely say that, and uh, anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Charlie will be back to answer your problems momentarily. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, as we approach the finish line, let's see how many we can get in here. Uh, from Orangeville, there's Jean. Hi, Jean. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie and Frank, I so enjoy your program. Thank you. I pick up so many helpful hints. Okay. That's great. I have a problem. Uh, the neighbors next door to us, now we've lived here since about 71. They planted back in about 72 or 3 a linden tree. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. We have to trim off branches that are hanging over our roof. Mm-hmm. How far away from a foundation is it safe to have a tree like that? I'm worried about what's going to happen with our basement. Right. Well, lindens um, are kind of famous for, well, all trees obviously have structural roots and roots to hold them up, roots right. to, you know, get moisture, etc. Lindens are quite famous for having a, quite a shallow root system, particularly if they haven't been deeply watered when they're young. Okay. So you'll, you, whenever you see a linden in somebody's lawn, invariably the roots are evident above ground level, so it's hard to mow the lawn because you're hitting roots as you're going along. Yeah, we're having the same problem with our ash tree at the front. Yeah, yeah, so and that's all got to do with watering when they're young. Just remember, deep water to encourage deep rooting. Um, So, but yeah, Lyndon, I personally would like to see it a minimum of 20 feet away from the foundation of a house. Oh, really? Closer than that, you will run up against the possibility that the roots are going to start moving towards the foundation. Um, roots go where there's water. So it, 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 a lot of it has to do with the grading of the land and the quality of your soil and how the water moves around your house, right? Because basements are designed so that water does not enter the basement. It moves around the basement mm-hmm. and into, you know, down into the water table or lower uh, to a lower grade. Um, and so that's where the roots will go. The roots will go where the water is. So this is sitting on just a little bit of a slope. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are weeping towels in the backyard. I don't mm. know why the person planted it there, but this is only about 12 feet away from our foundation, I think. Mm. Yeah, people do that. Yeah. That's often... And, and I don't, what, what can you do? I mean, the neighbors are lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to make... No, trouble just to make trouble. Is there anything we can do on our side at all? Not that I know of. Do you have any evidence of uh, issues up against the basement? Are you? We've uh, had a little bit of leakage, but I don't know if it's if it's from that or... Could be other reasons. Uh, it's no. just that the branches I know are hanging yeah. over our, our roof. Well, that you want to avoid. You definitely want to avoid branches over the roof because you end up with mildews and molds and algae yeah. and all kinds yeah. of stuff growing on the roof, and that shortens the lifespan of the shingles and the structure of the roof. But is that so, often an indication how far out the, the, the Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You you know that the the edge of the canopy of a tree, what's commonly <laughs> referred to as the drip line, you know, right. water mm-hmm. is the minimum that the roots go to. They very often, in most cases, go well beyond That's right. That's the drip right. line. So yeah, that right. can be a problem. You know what? I have my neighbor has a maple that's affecting my garage. Same thing. Too close, right? What are you going to do? <laughs> um. Yeah. Exactly. A lawsuit. You know, well, uh, yeah. what are you going to do? You know, it's what you can't really do anything. It's there. It's been there for. 40 years, like yeah. you're saying, right? Yes. Yes. Planted in the 70s. Lovely big shade tree for them, but yes. a bit of a pain for me. Mm. Um, and yeah, all you can do is continue. See, the trimming of the branches uh, over your roof is a good idea because that will help minimize damage to your roof, but it also, there, there's less root action on that side of the tree oh, if there's less really? branch action. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to tell my son that so he can get out there. <laughs> I need anything to encourage him to get out there and do the trimming. Good very job. Very good. Okay. Oh, okay, thank you very much, and you have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Oh, thank you, you very too. much, Gene. Appreciate that. Uh, one final caller, if we can get in, uh, Eleanor in Etobicoke. Good morning, Eleanor. 
Good morning, you two. Good morning. Uh, I was I was asking about a Christmas cat because uh-huh. I've had them out on the balcony uh-huh. all summer. Good. But I want to know when I should bring them in to hope they going to bloom I'd by leave, Christmas. You, you, well, okay, what I would do is leave them out for at least another month. They don't mind a little bit of frost. They like the cold. And if you do leave them out for another month, what's going to happen is they'll probably be in bud when you bring them in. So they might bloom before Christmas. Uh, so then you might have to, you know, wait. And mm-hmm. They often will bloom again. Do fertilize them if they are flowering. Be careful. Don't overwater them. And, uh, or leave them out right till the end of November and then bring them in and then they'll bloom for Christmas. Well, that's good advice because they bloomed in October before yeah. and nothing yeah. there by Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So I find they'll often multi-bloom through the season, though. Keep them cool. If you can keep them in a cool spot at night inside your home, that will help with re-blooming and, and prolonging the blooms. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're very Thank welcome. You. All right. Well, do you know, um, as we are in the final moments of the show here, um, how about giving a plug to what your daughter is? Yeah, uh, doing I was going to say. I well, I can lovely. certainly give a plug, and also I'm going to. I think what I do would like to do is get there and give you a call. So today mm-hmm. at Fort York, there is a march and festival, fun food and music, all part of a fundraiser for Sick Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. It's called Get Loud, mm-hmm. and it's not for operating purposes. It's for um, the building the buildings that are. Mm-hmm. Insufficient. They're just falling apart. They're old. They're decrepit. And of course, Sick Children's Hospital is internationally, uh, you know, acclaimed for what the kind of research and stuff that goes on there. So she is there, part of uh, volunteering. The bare naked ladies are going to be there. There's magic. There's all kinds of activities for children and and yeah. volunteers. So I think I might swing by after you and I, after you buy yeah. breakfast. Um, Steak and eggs, That's I'm right. sure. Oh, then yeah. we'll, uh, I'll swing by. Maybe I'll give you a call if you'll let me uh, jump onto love your latest show just show. to give sure. you an update on what's going on. I think Ab- it's absolutely. a lot of fun. So Fort York is a really pretty venue mm-hmm. here, uh, right down by the, the waterfront, not far from Liberty okay. Village where we are. Yeah, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. And I will ask you and uh, our listeners, too, to pray for no rain tomorrow. Oh, I know. Uh, we're having uh, Shirley. Uh, she, you she are such throwing a, She's throwing a party. It's called the Goodbye Summer Hello Fall Party. Just, yes. you know, for fun. Yeah. And she just loves where we live. So we're going to share the, the spot with a lot of folks uh, tomorrow. And, Outside. Uh, pond yeah, side. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see how all that goes. I will pray and cross all my fingers because I'll be there and I'll bring my well, raincoat it's if necessary. Rain exactly. we got to be tent and all that stuff. So I know. Good it's stuff. Cool. I know. Well, good for you for hosting such a party. You and Shirley, you are both very lovely people. Why? So. Bless you. And I will report next week on oh. how fun the party okay. was. All okay. All right. You're coming. Yeah. Thank Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. (laughs) See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.